0: Quiet, Penny. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. Um, I'm uh, John Staley. I think most you probably know me, and I'm the uh, president of the uh, board of directors. And um, tonight, uh, we're going to try to our best to um, explain to you. The importance of what we've been up to for the past few months and also um, you know the word sometimes um, excited um, gets overused a a bit and um, and but it it really is an exciting thing and uh, generally for me to get excited that's uh, it takes some exciting (laughs) so uh, it's exciting so um, Our problem is that we have to impart that motivation, that excitement, and we have to impart um, our belief in how critical it is that um, everybody is on board going to the future, moving forth in the future at conduit. And um, a lot of time and work has been put into it. And... uh, we're going to have really the best word to describe it is just small briefings that everybody's going to present. And this will just be kind of like a quick hitter tonight of these briefings and, of course, much more detail and planning to be followed up. But you've probably, if you've been here very long at Conduit, you understand that um, being a missional church means there are no spectators. It's not a spectator sport and uh, it's it's an involvement it's a team effort a big team of people and uh, which we need to get bigger and even more involved so um this is tonight just to to cause you to cause ask some questions and then to also think about it and then talk to any of us at any time um as if as days go on now and um it's just been a tremendous um, over the past year uh, a, a real adventure in what's happened and um, and and so uh, we thank you very much for coming out and we also ask that you would pass it on then and uh, and make sure that other folks in our in our church understand this and and uh, do some marketing for us so i will open us up in prayer and Father, as we gather here, we thank you. Thank you for these folks that have come out tonight. Thank you for the hard work of the staff and the board. We thank you for being the godly people that they are for you. And we ask that you would continue to guide us and bring us forth in uh, what you have in store for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, everybody. How are you?
1: Are you as excited as I am? I'm fired up. I'm so excited about this night. We've been thinking about this night. We've been planning this night. That can actually go to Jessica. She's going to be on deck here. Um, been talking about, doing, uh, about this night, about how to communicate this ginormous, exciting plan that we have um, for the next seven years and beyond. We actually believe, um, I think the excitement is rooted in the the power of the gospel to change everything if you've been at conduit for five minutes or all five years um, and i know there's a couple of you in here that have been here the whole time you know conduit is a uniquely gifted missional church but before we go any further i want to make sure that you have one of these brochures does everybody have one if you do not just put your hand up we'll make sure that you got one uh, there's a couple in the back um if you get up oh, there's one in the middle i want to make sure you guys got that it's very important That no matter what happens tonight, um, this brochure kind of walks you through uh, where we've been, where we're going. You almost bit it. (laughs) That was a close one. Um, Walks us through where we've been, where we're going, all the things we're excited about. Obviously, there's a lot of words in here, but we want you to be able to walk away with something that you can pray over, that you can look at, that you can refer back to. Someone says, hey, what's conduit about? Um, What's their vision? What's their heart? Um, this is it. And so we're really excited to kind of unveil that. Um, if you've been at Conduit for, for a little while, you know good and well we've, we do things. Uh, we're not afraid to shake it up. We're not afraid to try an event, try uh, something and then move on to something else, to want to uh, flow out of or wanting this church to flow out into the community, into the city that we love. And so now we're at a spot where uh, we're redirecting some of our stuff to, to be more sustainable Um, to be more effective in the long term so we're excited about what that's going to look like tonight so it brought us to this process as you know about a year ago um, we had a lot of transitions not just with Pastor Ben our founder um, resigning but tons of staff transitions and people transitions and just a lot of things were happening that just caused us to say okay what are we really about what is our vision what is our mission and I think we got we took a pretty clear, sweet, exciting crack at it Um, in January. We launched a a vision in January, and I think once we got to the summer, we began to see that we need to hone in a little bit more specifically about what we're really called to do, and so we began a relationship with a leadership consultant by the name of Tim Belts. Now, Tim Belts is uh, somebody that you've not met. Um, This leadership team spent a week with Tim Belts, um, who is from... Uh, Florida, who came up and he spent a week with us, walking us through um, what we call what he calls a strategic framework. Um, if you look at your your brochure, strategic framework kind of walks out um, what it really is. It's an intentional, comprehensive, laid out plan that encompasses our mission, our value, our core values, and our outcomes. It's essentially our our north star to the organization of where we're headed. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Tim in just a moment, but I want to kind of pass it over to Jessica, and she's going to um, kind of walk us through what that week looked like when, he, when Tim Belts came here in August, and he walked us through what we call or refer to as our, the consulting week.
2: All right. Um, so Tim was with us in mid-August, like Corey said, for the week in um, the leadership team here as well as Ellen, and I'll introduce everybody in a second. Spent three nights with him, and then Corey, Cameron, Katie, and some members of the leadership team spent some individual time with them to just talk through the stuff that we were covering a little bit more. Um, We spent a lot of time talking about um, the vision of Conduit, um, reworking the mission just to make sure that it was really clear and concise and could be conveyed really easily. The code and those kind of things. But before we talk any more about it, I'm going to quickly introduce um, the leadership team. John introduced himself. Cameron, uh, Pastor Cameron, is there? John, Pastor Corey, Jake Hirschman, Katie Castro, myself, Sally Andreatrio, Todd Llewellyn, Jake Staley, and Carol Mijak. Um And then Ellen felt our um, leader, our worship leader, was also was also present. But we just spent those um, three nights as a team working working with Tim to um, unpack the stuff that we're going to talk more about later tonight. And then, um, like I said, they all met individually with him to make sure that they were um, going to be able to take that and carry that through in their individual roles.
3: So uh, Pastor Corey shared a little bit about what a strategic framework is. And, um, you know, Conduit has done in the past some... Really, uh, what we consider to be uh, amazing things in uh, the community, um, amazing things in uh, the kingdom, especially around uh, missional events, and uh, and and we think that those those types of things and that that early identity of conduit was critical in that early life cycle of the church, um, and 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 we're so we're so grateful for that time. But we were we had been. Beginning, beginning to recognize that, um, beginning to recognize that the, 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 the big splash, the big, big splashes once or twice or three even three times a year, um, we're not, we're not producing the long term, what we, what we thought would be long term, um, kingdom fruit, you know? Uh, We we wanted to be, we wanted to be able to, instead of doing one or two or three big splashes in a year to both formulate, organize, and in a kind of a geeky little way, um, systematize uh, things that would sustain ministry and kingdom fruit, not just for this year or next year, but really for generations You know, we want to we we want to create legacies of people who are who are serving the Lord, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who are being equipped to do ministry. Right. So so that as conduit, we're not just we're not just creating and hosting events, but we're raising disciples who are raising disciples who are raising disciples. Who are raising disciples, so that other churches are being planted, and and so really, what we're talking about is we just we wanted to be able to set ourselves up to create more long-term, sustained growth, and I think that was our biggest um, kind of our biggest like splinter in our paw that we needed to get out, and so we had an opportunity, and we felt like you know um, we have some fantastic leaders um, up here. But I think everyone on, on stage would say that, that we would be free to admit that we don't know it all. Um, and and sometimes we need help thinking through and, and kind of like wiping out the white noise of our lives so we can see really clearly about who God has called us to be and what God has called us to do and and, and how to think about what he's called us to do in this particular context. So as we were searching out people who could help us through that process of Kind of systematizing and organizing a real, like, real succinct but 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 effective ministry plan for the next seven years. Um, we were introduced to this guy named Tim Belts. Now, Tim is the consultant that we've been working with. And if you're familiar with, um, if you're familiar with Pastor Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill Church in Seattle, really big, um, really big mega church, grew super fast. Um, kind of rose to fame and then declined to fame. Um, uh, and um, Tim was was actually the the executive pastor, so he was he was the he was the Cameron. Maybe I should say I'm the Tim Belts of conduit, but he was the Cameron Leinhardt of Mars Hill during that time, and um has uh, just a really keen mind towards systems and organizing and planning. But he also has the heart of a pastor, and and in his in his experience going through um, what happened at Mars Hill, and and then in our experience here, what um, the kind of the, the leadership transitions that 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 we made when Pastor Ben left, um, we had like we felt like there was a lot of kindred spirit between Tim and between our our leadership, and his desire was to come um, through and and not just to help us with the like the. Creating a strategic framework and a ministry plan, a North star, star, so to speak, but also to to minister to us personally and emotionally and professionally as we were still dealing with um, the pain of of Pastor Ben leaving, and so we felt like um, Tim was a great um, Tim was a great asset. T- for the team. And it it has turned out that he truly has been a, a blessing for, for, um, all of us. So, um, Oh, I guess the next one's me too. So vision, um, vision, uh, 2025, what you will see here is, um, a, a snapshot or a, a synopsis with some explanation about what exactly is this strategic framework that we're talking about so what is um, vision 2025 well we uh, we decided that rather than having a vision 2018 or vision 2019 that we would set our sights on some really long term growth and say okay seven years from now so in the span of seven years what is it that we feel that God is calling us to and what is that we feel that God is calling us to be about and um, I'm going to tell you right now that you might read through some of this. And every time you see a sentence that says, we envision, that is kind of like an official statement of our strategic framework. And you'll see it in other variations um, in print here um, shortly um, on our website and Facebook and in printed um, you know, paper stuff. Um, but every, anytime you see the sentence, we envision that is kind of like an official statement and you're going to read some of these things and you're going to say that is huge. Like how in the world do we ever imagine that we are going to accomplish that? Um, and and i would say we would say you're right it is huge it is super super big it's almost like um it's almost like a mountain you know it is a mountain and um i think that the the really good like faithful christian pastoral response to that really bi- those really big challenges is um you know if if we create a plan that we are all fully confident that under our own strength and wisdom and gifts and resources and everything that we can accomplish, no big deal. We're going to hit this mark and we're going to exceed it. And you know, uh, then our really we we always want our plans for ministry and for life in general to um, to rise to the standard or the magnitude of the God that we serve. Right? We don't we don't want to. We don't want to shoot low so that we're sure to hit the mark, but have all of the expectations be based on who we are. Right. We we want to we want to be like we we want our faith in a sovereign God who wants to bring wholeness and redemption to the city to pull us to a place where we could never go on our own and where we never imagined or believed that we could accomplish that. So um. Vision um, 2025 is uh, before you, and um, and you're going to get a chance to hear about kind of each of those individual things tonight, but really take some time and, um, and look through this and read on it and pray on it and also understand that we all... Um, Underst- you, you don't need to come to us after tonight and be like, "Do you know how big that is? Do you know how hard that's going to be? Do you know how much time that's going to take? Do you know how much money that's going to take?" Yes, we do. All right, because this has been our life, like for the last four or five months. Like I eat, sleep, and dream about this. Um, and so, yes, we do know exactly. We do know. We know. We know what it's going to take. Actually, we have no idea what it's going to take, but we have an idea that it's going to take a lot. Um, but we also believe um, fully that God. This is what God has called us to. This is not like pie in the sky. This is who we want to be someday if we're lucky. This is like, no, this is this is where we are going. Th- this is what we are going to be doing. This is what we're going to be doing about what we're going to be about because we do believe that God has a plan to bring wholeness and redemption to people's homes, churches, and cities in Jamestown. And so we're going to just like, we're going to run like full steam ahead into that. And it means a lot of what looks like crazy, crazy stuff. And I'm excited about it. So um, we're going to take, I think a minute uh, or two or how much time is on our schedule to break for, um, we're going to give you 15 minutes to get some pizza. Um, s- um, provided by Paces Pizza, who is now that uh, is now owned by Joe and Olivia Town, who attend here. So make sure you you um, patronize that establishment um, only on the nights that Andreacio's is closed, of course. Um, <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but um, grab some pizza take a few minutes to eat bring it back to your seat and it's okay to still be eating as you um as we talk here but we're going to continue on so um let me let me pray for our food and then you can be uh you can be free to help yourself uh dear dear lord in heaven we thank you for uh this time together tonight and we just thank you for um an opportunity to share your heart with each other in this living room, so to speak, this family that's gathered here, Lord. And I thank you so much for them and pray your blessing upon them. And we thank you for this food, Lord, and uh, for Joe and Olivia and their their graciousness and generosity in preparing it um, for us, Lord. We pray that you would bless it to our bodies and our bodies to your service in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Pastors first, women and children after that.
1: It started. We uh as much as we love Vision 2025, we we felt like it would be important for us uh, as we move forward this this grand plan that we're just leaning into the Lord um, to empower through us. We, th- we thought it would be important for us to land on a name for this. And so as you see on your brochure, right at the front, um, it says, every man, woman, and child. This is our vision. Every man, woman, and child. Katie's going to talk about in just a couple moments about specifically what that means. But I think it's important for us as we dive into this vision for us to understand the overall Vision of Conduit is to see wholeness and redemption in our homes, churches, and cities. To see wholeness and redemption in our homes, churches, and cities. Now, it's really fun, and tonight a lot of this is about the North Star, so to speak. It's these big picture ideas, these seven year long uh, things that we're shooting for. But I think it's important for us to know and communicate, and for us to ponder, and for you to ponder tonight, um, where this all starts, to see home or to see wholeness and redemption in your home, church, and city, first of all, it starts in your home. And so when we say home, we've explained this a few different times over the last several years. When we say home, we ultimately mean your home. We mean your heart. Uh, we mean what your living space looks like. Your heart, you know, whether you're here tonight or whether you're a part of Conduit and whether you're married or single, uh, young or not so young, um, there's this understanding. <laughs> there's this. Uh, <laughs> there's, I yeah. I know you like that. I was gentle, wasn't I? Uh, there's this understanding that the home is where it starts, and again, no matter where you're at in regards to marital status or age or um, even your your how long you've been walking with Jesus in relationship with Him as a believer it's important for us to understand that that everything we're doing has to start in the home. And so one of the things that we want to do right out of the gate, and this is where we're talking about about specific programs. We want a tidal wave of marriages that are redeeming the city. We want a tidal wave of marriages that are not only strengthened, but they are helped no matter what stage they're in. Um, Marriages that are both from a premarital uh, status to someone that has been married for a very, very long time And that there's a culture built where there's redemption happening, wholeness happening in the home, in the marriages. This is like the top of the list for us right now as we come into this new season. This is something that we can begin now. And we know that this is something that affects everybody in this room in one way or another is what it looks like in your home so for us you need to know as we go any further and you're going to hear this over and over and over and over for us this is the exciting part is that this is about every man woman and child
4: yeah so if you were to take away one phrase tonight or one thought when you leave this place my hope is that your phrase your takeaway thought would be that the people of conduit are set like steel on the vision of all things being made new. That is my hope is your takeaway thought tonight, that you will believe that the people of conduit and you included are a people that are set like steel on the vision of all things being made new. When we talk about wholeness and redemption, we're not just talking about Jamestown being restored to the great industrial city that it used to be. Um, We're talking about something we've never seen in the city of Jamestown, a Jamestown that is fully made new the way that God sees it and intended it to be. And we believe that that begins the the realization of that is through the inclusion of every man woman and child when we talk about shalom life just as it should be the way that God desires it for us it is with every man woman and child when culture tries to pull us apart and come on there's a lot of that happening these days trying to rip us apart Jesus calls every man, woman, and child together and gives them an important and dignified place in the kingdom of God and thus here in Jamestown and here in the body of conduit. And we are so excited about that. Um, so this is our mantra, this, this idea of every man, woman, and child. This is the mantra that we're using. This is the language that you'll be hearing so much over the next few years because we want to use this mantra as a way to grow, to learn, and to catapult us into greater, wider, and sturdier impact here on the city of Jamestown. This is kind of what the filter that we're going to use. Are we inclusive of every man, woman, and child? Is our arrow pointed at every man, woman, and child in this city and in this county? And if it's not, what can we do to fix that? And, and when we talk about this, we're not just talking, sure, I mean, we are talking about the age, different age demographics and different genders, and we're talking about um, different socioeconomic demographics, and, and we're talking about different races, and we're talking about all of these different things, yes, absolutely, 100%. But even more than that, beyond that, what we're talking about is the inclusion of every man and woman and child in the active, launching and participation of Jesus Christ's kingdom in the city of Jamestown. So here at conduit, what we believe is that participation is the central framework for all careful theology and action. So we believe that every man, woman and child is called to participate in vision 2025. It's called to participate in the words that you're reading on this paper because this leadership team sure can't do it alone. My goodness. We're just we not cut out for it, but you guys are. Every man, woman, and child in the body of Conduit and in the city as a whole is called for a mission just like this. We were all created and uniquely wired to be part of a vision of making all things new in our city. So that's what we believe, and you'll see so much of that in the coming years, is that Conduit will not work isolated towards this. We will work in full collaboration with government agencies, with local not-for-profit agencies, with other churches, with every other um, individual and organization in the city whose arrow is pointed in the same direction as ours, which is on the vision of all things being made new in our city.
5: So uh, before we go further, uh, we want to kind of, as we get get into specifics, just uh, define a few terms that Uh, I think will be helpful. Um, uh, So Cameron was talking earlier about um, events that uh, have been common at Conduit, uh, lots of I Am Loved events, lots of worship nights, um, other events that have been really great at kind of raising uh, awareness, great at uh, building connections. Um, But uh, some of those events, uh, and I use this in the, the best possible terms, can be flashes in a pan. They can be a great way to to ignite the light but we need something to kind of keep the light on right Um, so uh, as we go forward we're going to be talking about our events but we're also going to be talking about programs so that's going to be a big focus to achieve the uh, next seven years uh, of our mission is building up programs that can uh, really sustain um, our mission and you know thinking back to a couple weeks ago Um, Corey talked a lot about faithfulness and holding the line. Well, these programs will be our, our way to, uh, be faithful to the mission and to hold the line. Um, and a couple other, uh, terms we hear all the time, uh, but just want to remind everyone, uh, just so that we're always on the same page. Um, the two terms we hear probably every Sunday at Conduit is wholeness and redemption. So wholeness means, uh, it's defined as the state of wellness and stability across the spiritual, mental, emotional, economic, and relational environments of life. And redemption means uh, when life is seen through the reality of what Jesus has done. In Jesus-centered living, we have a new purpose given to our past, present, and future. And. Um, Another way of, of talking about redemption is Jesus Christ changes everything in me and for me.
4: So as we start to walk through some more specifics of this plan, I want you to hear loud and clear that Conduit will forever exist to accomplish these objectives. Um, This is just our first, the next seven years is our first stab at it. This is what we envision happening in the next seven years. But when we throw out statistics like this first one that I'm going to throw out, that um, what we see, vision, and hope is to cultivate a reduction in the geographical span of food deserts in Chautauqua County by 25%, that is our goal for 2025 and the years after that we're hoping that we just continue to decrease um, the geographical span of food deserts in the city so it's important that um, as you hear these numbers tonight know that this is our 2025 stab at this um, but kind of it will forever exist for these purposes if, so could you define a food desert? yeah yeah so a food desert um, by the definition of the USDA is Um, Any geographical area that is located, any housing that's located more than a mile away from access to fresh fruit and vegetables or whole foods and in the city of jamestown we have quite a large food desert um, as you've probably heard or can imagine um, a good portion of the north side of jamestown and a good portion of the east side of jamestown is classified by the usda as a food desert so if you're if you're thinking of jamestown the areas that you can think of are most of second street extending from pretty much downtown all the way to jcc um, and then if you were thinking, you could go all the way down to the Gateway Center and still be in a food um, desert as well. So if you're kind of like trying to figure that out in your head, that's kind of the map of the food desert here in the city. And as you know, we've um, we've had a history of trying to work against this. And one of the ways that we've done that is with our food truck Um We've done that in the past by serving burritos or all kinds of crazy things out of our food truck on Food Truck Fridays. Um, and this summer, we hosted some incredible interns who made nutrition-chocked um, smoothies, and we served those in um, the food desert areas every Friday. And those were our best attempt at that critical intersection on how to do that. However thankfully in this past spring we were approached by Jamestown Renaissance Corporation and um, they triggered a whole new way a whole new lens to be thinking about how we could decrease the geographical span of food deserts in Jamestown because we believe like it says in this brochure that you have that when Jesus says feed the hungry it's not just a spiritual thing that it is a real physical tangible thing too we don't believe that people that it's easy for people to hear the word of the lord and have it saturated in their heart and experience transformation when their bellies are empty um so in conversation with Jamestown Renaissance Corporation, we began a partnership um, over the summer to launch a mobile market um, that brought fresh fruit and vegetables to the city of Jamestown for nine weeks um, this fall. It's had four strategic spots within the usd identified food, food desert, and we had incredible results. That program is only going to be expanded in the future. We will continue to partner with Jamestown Renaissance and other great organizations like that. And we're also doing a lot of creative and exciting thought here about how can we start to take really good stabs at this like what would it look like for conduit and I'm just throwing this out here um, what would it look like for conduit to develop a grocery store that is sustainable but it's a not-for-profit model, model close to where there's section 8 housing like let's say the gateway lofts project um, so I know I'm really subtle over here <laughs> um, <laughs> you can see that wheels are spinning on this um, <laughs> so this is one of our first things that we're really excited about because we have a food truck and man this is who we've been a part of the last this is who we've been for the last um, few years I know as long as I've been here, is we've been trying to take stabs in the dark at this, and we are going to get way better and way more organized. Um, and I believe that Jesus is going to give us some really clear direction and a lot of energy and a lot of funding to um, to make this happen for the city of Jamestown. So that is our first, um, first thing we'd like you to take away tonight. The second is that Um, Another one of our goals is the resurgence of economic health in Chautauqua County. So like I said, the first bite-sized bite of that for um, 2025 is we envision an accomplishment of a 0% unemployment rate in the Conduit Ministries family. So by 2025, we want to make sure that everyone that is part of the Conduit Ministries family, um, whether it's here at our church or part of any of the kids programming we have that's missional in the city, or whatever that looks like, that everyone within the Conduit Ministries family that desires employment has employment.
6: For those of you that don't know me, I'm Jake Staley. i uh, new to the board here, but I'm... Very honored to be a part of this, and and, and glad to be uh, part of the uh, solution that we're trying to do here for conduit and to further God's kingdom. Um, I appreciate all you people coming here tonight too, as well, because. Test test. Oh, Danny boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, do you want me to hold it closer? Okay. So, um, w- like like they said, without you guys, without you guys being the hands and feet, this would not be done. One of the things that we talked about for one of our goals is the rapid, um, the rapid increase of the Hispanic community, not only in the city but in the county as well. We're seeing to see a big influx in that, and we're also having uh, a separation between the Hispanic community and the connect with us. Right. So imagine um, you coming from a different country where uh, drug lords reign supreme, or modern-day slavery was happening or um, it was just an all-around unsafe place. You come here to a new place, you don't know the language, you don't know the people, and how are we going to connect with the people that are here in this community to show them the love through Jesus Christ, right? So that is a huge goal of ours because I know I would be terrified for my family if I brought them to a new place and didn't know how to work inside the community here. Um, So we want to make sure that we're bridging that gap, that gap that is separating us. Um, We have uh, people from Mexico, Puerto Rico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. We have them all here. Like You may not know it, but we have a unique county where um, the grapes up north have um, a high employment rate for people who are not from this country because a lot of people may not want to do that hard manual labor. Well, someone who's coming here from a country that may not make that much money looks at that and says, that's good money for us. We have that unique opportunity to connect with these people. So we're establishing a, a, a framework on how do we do that? How do we, how do we reach these people and show them the love of Jesus Christ and to be able to show them um, that we care and that we're here for them? If they have problems, we want to be able to set up like an operating procedure on how to assist them with that, I know a uh, language barrier is huge. Thankfully, somebody on this board is pretty fluent in Spanish, so <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no
4: <laughs> not the person you'd expect <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
6: so we have we do have a unique opportunity where um where we we're we are able to communicate with people because I do not know any Spanish, and a lot of us don't but um we have that opportunity where, where we can we can make a difference with these people um, so we're we're excited to be able to to be a part of that
4: i'm just gonna jump back on the um, back of that again which um, this is a statistic that you know is available in different county reports and that is that twelve percent of our population here in the city of jamestown is hispanic now that's a really big population in the city of Jamestown 12% that is really isolated um there's not a lot of bridges to connect them to anything that's going on in the city um not 4, civic yeah Yep, and growing. And it's even larger in the North County than it is here in Jamestown. Um, and that number just continues to grow and grow and grow, especially as the economic health of Puerto Rico continues to decline. We continue to have families coming here um, as a way to establish themselves within a strong economy. Um, and so. We don't believe that it's possible to achieve our mantra of every man, woman, and child unless we're building bridges directly into this subculture and population that's right here. And that's such an important part of God's shalom, his kingdom plan for this city. Is um, There are so many of them that are leaders in the redemption um, that he has for our city, and we can't wait to tap them um, and have them be part of this plan with us. Um, one of the goals that I, when we work through
2: this, that I felt was super close to my heart because of the work that I've done for the past seven years. I work in um, social services. Um, I've worked with pregnant and parenting um, women living in poverty as well as um, I work for an anti-human trafficking program in the county. Um, and every day I am <coughs> seeing the impact of addiction and mental illness in our, um, in our city but in our county as a whole. And one of the um, goals that we have, like I said, that is close as my heart, is the destruction of the culture of addiction and mental illness in Chautauqua County. Um, what the, our goal is to lower the per capita rate of addiction and um, mental illness in the county by developing um, critical awareness and a um, Jesus centered response to that through partnerships, like Katie talked about earlier government and nonprofit agencies, anybody whose arrows pointed in the same direction.
6: For those of you that don't know, uh, my current employment is I'm an investigator with the Chautauqua County Sheriff's Office. Um, with this next task that uh, we felt was, was of utmost importance is the recidivism rate within our county jail, and which which means the re-entry, and I pronounced that right, correct? Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> um, the re-entry into the jail, okay, each time you get arrested, you go in. That's recidivism. So in this county alone, it is 70 to 75 percent is the rate for recidivism, re entrance into the jail. Um, that's huge. Like that. That's that's huge. And and that's that's lifetime. So we're gonna say you know from 16 years old on up would be your you, would be your re-entry part. Okay. So that that's a lifetime, and that that's huge. That's huge. So we want to be able to work on that. And how are we gonna work on that? Hope jesus center-filled hope okay because if you don't have hope when you get out what are you going to do you're just going to go back to the same stuff that you knew before Mm -hmm. okay so we need to break that cycle because it is a vicious cycle and i've seen it firsthand and there's some other people here that have seen it firsthand it needs to be dealt with because you are never going to heal a city um, by programs itself you need to have christ involved in it because there's no other way to do it there's no other way to speak to someone's heart than to have christ involved We want men to come out and to have a hope-filled, purposeful life that they can come out and provide for themselves or their wives or their children. No longer will we sit idly by while men come out and have no feeling of chance of surviving as getting a regular job or being a part of the society. We don't want them to return to crime. Let's have this conversation. It is a war out there. No longer... Are we gonna let the women get out of jail and feel like they have to sell themselves to make ends meet? We will not sit by while that happens. In all good faith and all good consciousness, with Jesus Christ, we have to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to make sure that doesn't happen. No longer do we want children to have to grow up in a cycle where they see their parents in and out of jail and have to live with total strangers in order to grow up and survive. We wanna be that barrier to make sure that we can stop that from happening. We're going to do that together, we're going to do that as a family. And I'm really excited about doing that. Yeah. Church! Church!
0: <laughs> right about now, uh, many of you are sitting here think, saying or thinking to yourself, "Yeah, we agree. Those are those are excellent objectives." Uh, where are you getting pe- How many people is this going to take? And when we went through the process of analyzing all this and working with Tim, um, that was a part we all really. Um, We're wondering how he's going to assess this and how he's going to, um, if he's going to laugh us out of the building or um, uh, whether he he thinks this is obtainable. So we we went through a long, um, hard process with him of systematically analyzing. all these things, and um, putting objectives to them and descriptions to them, and um, <clears throat> and so we would break down uh, the various operations of things. and And okay, how many people here? What What do we do here? how How is that broken down? How many people does that take? And before I drop this number on you, um, <laughs> Katie said <laughs> that um, that we are also looking. To work with other uh, churches, other agencies that would uh, be in line with a Christ-centered and a Christ-driven uh, mission. Um, but here's one. Here's a number that um, is 320 leaders that we would need to start to to accomplish this, and so over a period of time. Uh, as we said, the next seven years. But um, it, it's all about leadership. It's all about people, whether they're leading two people, leading their families, uh, leading a, a home <coughs> church study, open house, um, working here, working on the truck. All of those things is, involves leadership. And I don't know if you've quite noticed it yet, but uh, w- within the past uh, recent weeks, just about everything we're doing, um, working in our open houses and, and classes and, uh, it's, and the preaching, um, it, we're weaving in everywhere leadership and developing leaders. Disciples making disciples. Mm-hmm. It was good enough for Christ. It was good enough for the church in Acts. And there's no reason why it can't be done at conduit, but it starts inside. It starts. It starts with a solid knowledge of the faith of Scripture, and going forth and putting it to our feet and our hands and having it in our hearts. Um, when we talk about a seven-year, um, a seven-year duration of this to begin with, um, I. Uh, I I just want you all to hurry up because I'll be 77 by then, (laughs) and so we need uh, but it's obtainable, and, 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 but it, it comes from all of you, and you may not think it, you may think, "Eh, uh, I'm not a leader, you know, you, you can be a leader, and Christ challenges us to be leaders, Uh, we're not, I, I have a term, I have a term about Bible butts, and, um, and that so many people sometimes sit on their butts with their Bibles, but they don't put it to use. And I think that's something we really need to ponder on, I guess you could say. But, but it's true. And we need to put our faith to action. So we, that 320 just wasn't uh, thrown up there. That is a structured, we went through a very structured um, analysis of that to come to that. And that's one of our goals then, and we, that's, all, that's our discussions now. Mm-hmm. Who, how about this person? How about this person? How Let's encourage them. How are we going to equip them? How are we going to you know, yep. support them? Yep, know? we will support and encourage and do whatever we have to do to raise up leaders.
7: So Pastor Corey asked me to talk about the children. And um, I said, how much time do I have? Uh, that's my passion and um, I started thinking about what I was gonna say and and Pastor Corey and I were talking a little bit about it and uh, he said remember Carol Jesus Jesus's heart was for the child so we hung up the phone and I went to my Bible and um, I found a passage I want to share with you it says placed his hands on them and blessed them. and I was I was like envisioning this in my mind and I was picturing Jesus um, preaching and and parents and, and people bringing their kids and the disciples like bodyguards, you know no get back and um, how how Jesus saw this and he stopped everything and he, he took them in his arms. And that's what, I, that's what I'm so intrigued and excited. And, um, and I expect Jesus to be with us as we do this. I want to stop everything and reach out to these children like Jesus modeled for us. And, um, you know, I've been in the school for 35 years, and I was watching Jake talk with passion about what he does every day, and in the 35 years I've been in the school system, the past five years, these kids are hurting. I've seen so much emotional distress. They don't know how to cope with a world that is coming at them so fast. They're the most vulnerable people on earth. They need us so badly and just because as as i look out and see you sitting in these chairs i know you're invested and that's really cool and you might you might be thinking oh man a smile when there when when you're you know whatever in our church outside our church you'll have opportunities to invest in these children and i was i was thinking about how Jesus modeled this, and our our mission is live like Jesus. So, So what can we do? We can give them our time. We can give them our faces. When they talk, we look at them. We listen. We love them like Jesus modeled love. Unconditional. He didn't make us do things for love, right? He loved. If he did, I wouldn't be sitting here. If he didn't love me unconditionally, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'm a sinner. And he served. And, and I was thinking, like, just I, I was visualizing his hand coming down. He served. I had the opportunity with Vinny, who's the cook. Um, he, we, we cooked for the kids at Conduit North a couple times this summer. And yeah, it was, you know, during the day, we're like hustling, bustling, trying to get the food together. Cassie was always there, Megan, uh, you know, a lot of you. But those kids, those kids were blessed. Let's serve. Let's love and let's live like Jesus for those kids.
8: Okay, so our, uh, out of necessity, um, in order to accomplish all of this, in order to provide a safe place for children, in order to, you know, impact the Hispanic community, you know, reduce food deserts, give food, have a kitchen, um, all of this, all of these initiatives really require a physical location, a building, um, and therefore we did a lot of... Uh, analysis pondering really trying to figure out what it will take um in the physical aspect and so by 2025 we're figuring that we are going to have two church plants okay and these are really out of necessity to accomplish all of these tasks and so um yeah so i'm not going to dwell too much on that there's a lot of like practicality of it that you could argue all day why you would need those buildings um Lastly, our another uh, initiative that we want to do, um, so really we're, we're all here for like two main things. One is to grow our relationship with Jesus individually, and two, it's to, um, it's to do his work to make an impact on his kingdom for his glory. So those are the two, two reasons we're here. And so this last one, uh, this last initiative actually hits both of those. Um, first, it, it it's to uh, we aim to inspire, to teach, and to encourage an 8% rise in average adult giving year to year, and that hits the that hits the first reason why we're here is to increase our uh, relationship with Jesus and get to know Him better, um, and be, basically be in obedience to give our 10% of our. Revenue, you know, everything that each individual makes 10% and that gets right down to uh, God blesses you for that. It's like you're obeying God and it allows him to bless you. You know, he basically said, you know, here's my church, my bride, you know, I'm giving you, I'm blessing you, I'm blessing your family with income. Just give 10% of it to my bride, my wife, you know, and so that is like, that's a really crucial For our relationship with god to get to that point and trusting god with our uh money our income our finances and to say like you know and basically uh observe him and say yes you gave me these they were not my own doing and so i'm giving 10 percent back and so that's uh it hits that side of things but then also um in order to for us to make an impact on the kingdom for his glory it also takes money you know we have all these great initiatives and it's going to take a lot of funding. It takes a lot of money. Money is, can be used for so many great things. And so that's what this last uh, initiative, to encourage a rise of 8% in the average adult giving year to year, is because of that. So.
3: So we I've kind of shared all of these things tonight. I'm just going to come behind a little bit of what Jake has said and say that, um, you know, we giving, you know, when we have, when, when you put something on a a strategic framework or on like a, a, um, a strategic ministry plan that has to do with raising the average, um, adults giving percentage year by year by year, you know, it can be, it can be taken a few different ways and, and, and we understand that. Um, and, uh, but, uh, well, I, what I believe and, and what, what has been my, my experience and what we've taught here before is that, that giving is primarily, um, a spiritual issue and that as, as we are, as, as we are working to, um, as we are working to disciple people, as we are, as we are encouraging them in their walk with Jesus, as we are opening up the Word to give them um, deeper and more full and more comprehensive understanding of what God is calling you to, and the, the promises of God for a for a um, for a, a, a generous heart, and the the promises of Scripture for. Uh, for those who tithe and give of themselves that that, that that we believe that those critical steps that the that the that the responsibility I should say is on is on us to to communicate the spiritual value the spiritual responsibility of the Church of Jesus Christ to invest their resources into the building of God's kingdom. And um so when 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 Jesus talks in in Matthew about putting your putting your treasure in a place where it can never deteriorate, right? But uh, it does, doesn't it doesn't fade away, it doesn't it doesn't go away like the moth can't eat it, rust can't destroy it, right? When we when we invest our resources, our money, our time, right? Those are like two of the most precious resources that each and every one of us has, right? Our money and our time. When we invest those two things, when we, when we seek intentional pathways of investment of our time and our money into like kingdom-centered endeavors, we will get... Literally, the greatest return on our investment that we possibly ever could, right? There, there will be. Li- listen, there will be people in heaven. There will be people in heaven because you gave generously. There will be, um, and that's not. That's not. I'm not. I don't say that to guilt anyone. What What, what I'm saying is that that's how critical it is is that is that people's souls can hang in the balance of 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 our generosity because these things that we've lined out i mean the the development of leadership pipelines that seeks to raise 320 leaders and when we say raising 320 leaders what 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 we mean is taking 320 people who aren't currently like either marginally a part of conduit or not a part of conduit and are a part of conduit and raising and equipping and discipling and empowering and sending them out to, to stand in critical places of kingdom leadership, so that things like food deserts can be eliminated and bridge, cultural bridges can be developed, and people with mental illness or addiction can have someone who is like just wants to love on them and support them and hug on like just love them where. Where 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 a man and a woman can come come out of a life where they've where they've known nothing else, right? And they and they come out of prison and they they don't know what they're gonna do, and they don't know where they're gonna go, and they don't know what their life is going to be like, but to be be encountered by. Jesus centered people who are, who, who are going to say, like, listen, I know the, the, the world thinks you're last, right? But, but we believe in the kingdom that the, the last will be first, right? And, and, and we're going to walk with you and we're going to support you and we're going to help you and we're going to love you. And, and we might not, we, we, we might have a 1% success rate, right? But we're going to do it enough times so that a 1% success rate equals a lot of people right um, but but all of those things they don't happen on they don't, they don't just like poof it happens like all on its own like we don't like BPU isn't like oh you guys are a church don't worry about your electric bill we got it <laughs> you know like it, it takes resources you know that right um, so I, I will say that the 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 eight percent increase, right, is is hedging our bets for the exponential growth we anticipate as we press out in programmatic mission in ministry. All right. But also, if we're if I'm being honest, um, conduit has typically been on the lower side of giving per attending person, right? That's how we kind of talk about it. You know, in the back room, like attending person, you know, giving per attending person. So we've typically been on the lower end, which means that 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 um, there's a small core of people who are um, are supporting, investing financially in the ministry that's happening at Conduit, and then a larger percentage of people who um, aren't, or either are at, um, um, a a smaller level, I guess, you should say. Now, that is, if th- if that says anything, that should say to you that man, God is good, because even though we're on the, our our percentages are on the lower end comparatively, um, God has done incredibly amazing things in the last six years with what we do have. In- Include like, like, multiplied it by infinity right and we've been blessed like you, you girl you don't even know how we've been blessed like um but after I might lose my job after today um but but look Okay. So, so you all came to vision 2025 and you gave up your Sunday night. Right. And so like, we're going to, we, I want we are going to share with you like some super awesome God, like miracle working, powerful news tonight. But those of you who came to honor your commitment here. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, about a week and a half ago, we, we wrote a check, right? One check, write the amount, sign the name take it to the bank, slide it across the counter and say, "Okay, this is to pay off the mortgage for our building." Yes. Done. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so y- you you need to know the circumstances under which that happened, right? Ha- uh, nothing short of miraculous. Right? The timing the timing of God, the goodness of God, um, it's been incredible, and and so we 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 anticipate con- continued blessing. We can we 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 anticipate continued. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. Let me tell you what we're gonna. I'm gonna squeeze every penny that comes to leverage for the building of the kingdom, like. I, I will squeeze every ounce out of it, right? So that it will it will do everything that it possibly could and can to achieve these things. Um and we'll keep you up to speed on that as as well. But but it's a necessary thing. Like we like we we gotta show up. We gotta we gotta show up in every way. And we got we gotta believe it and we gotta believe in the God that we serve that's called us to it. And we gotta, um, and we gotta rally our time, and we gotta rally our resources, and we gotta rally our like our gifts, because that's what it will take. Um, we want to give um, some time, and we we understand that it might it might it might run out of time, um, but we want to give some time to um, let you ask questions. Um, Understanding and ha- being having grace with us as well. That the the answer may be depending on your question. I don't know, or we're figuring that out, or get back to me in a month, and I'll let you know. But um, if you have questions that you know that are burning or that you would like to um, ask, we'd be we'd be happy. Any of us would be happy to um, answer them. So this is that time. Yes, Chris Blakesley. What is the vision for Conduit North? Is that considered one of the two church plants? What is your vision for the North? Because it's very important to a lot of us here. Um, that's a really good question. And uh, I tell you what, every single person on this stage has wrestled in conversation about Conduit North. Um Conduit North as it has existed um, specifically in the last well, a little over a year since we moved to Papa Joe's. Um, we have um, we have decided not to continue that style and form of ministry in that location. All right. So if you would uh, if you would uh, allow the the freedom to think of Conduit North, um, I know this is kind of cheesy but Conduit North as uh, an idea and a mission rather than a specific place and program, then um, no one up here has abandoned or said that the idea of Conduit North is no longer going to happen and we're going to cast that aside, right? But what we are saying is that given the, really specific, intentional discerning we are, have been doing about God's direction for us in a strategic framework, we came to the just the real honest realization that it was not fulfilling or meeting the, the plan that we had, and that if we were going to, again, use the resources that we had, both people and money and time, um, for the greatest effectiveness, that that model at that location wasn't the best option. So um, we have, we've, we've, we're doing a shift there and um, kind of just talk about a re, like a realignment of resources, both time, energy, money. Uh, I mean, if some, some of you who were familiar with Conduit North would have seen some of the kids from Conduit North at church last Sunday, um, we're making sure that they get driven over here picked up and brought over here and then and then taken home because man they yeah they're worth it so i saw keith you got a hand yeah yeah we don't uh. (laughs) um
1: um yeah this is something we talk about quite a bit um and dream about it's kind of a fun topic um at least for me, I don't know if I stop thinking about it. Um, but we think about, you know, the ultimately, as you just said, like the, where's the greatest need, and where has God called us to? So obviously, so much of that is bathed in prayer and research and a lot of conversation. You know, we talk about. Katie mentioned earlier Dunkirk. Um, we've thought about, or in my mind, we thought about any anything like Warren or Dunkirk or Lakewood or. Um, in this immediate Chautauqua County region um, to accomplish the vision that we have. But we don't know specifically as of yet. Um, And it may be, be again, a relaunch of something on the north side through Conduit North, just in a regrouped way to address more effectively long-term of what we want to do for Vision 2025 for every man, woman, child. So I think at this point, we're honest to say we don't know. Um, but we're really passionate about some of these outlining cities that are um, that are right around Jamestown. Okay. Sharon? <laughs> <laughs> the question was, can we get a 12 passenger van?
3: Yeah. We need a carts bus. We need a carts bus up in this piece. Yeah. Um, short bus. Yeah, that would work too. Um, you know, I, I, um, it would not be a difficult sell for me. Like you would not have to talk me into that. Um, like, like everything. And I'm going to be like really brutally honest. Um, we, 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 we do not suffer for lack of ideas. <laughs> um, that's, that's the truth, right? What we suffer from is lack of long-term people commitment to executing ideas. So if I could guarantee that finding people every week to drive a bus to pick up people who now we've told are going that we'll be there to get you and we'll be there to get you back. If I could guarantee that that would be less of a headache than it is more of a headache, then I would I would like be guns a blazing for it. Um so I I I know I know that you're you're no, but you're I know that I know that your question was like funny and rhetorical, but true at the same, at the same, you know, at the same time. So Sharon's been picking up kids at North and bringing them over here for us because they're comfortable with her. Yeah. So there's a, uh, Vin.
6: check so we're
2: not buying things we already got. You. Well, give me for the please.
3: Mm. <laughs> Hurrah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, Vinny, like, like every, even a home, you know, I'll ask my wife if we need light bulbs, and she'll say, yeah, and then I'll buy light bulbs and bring them home and there's three packs of light bulbs and the count, you know type of thing that never happens it's, but but I, I understand what you're saying is like are, are we are we ensuring that what we're buying is the things that we actually need and and in some cases for you know like smaller items like that sometimes we're you know we're, we're buying extras and extras and extras and extras and you know we might have more than we need at any one time but in general we're going to use those over time and the larger things um, probably that are a little bit more significant to a budget that you don't want to be like you don't want to ha- be having extra if you don't need them right um it's i'm I'm thinking and i, I like it's it's my understanding that we 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 do a, a pretty good a pretty good job at that um although you know there's always we 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 always expect better of ourselves and more of ourselves and in in terms of our own financial planning and how 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 we're seeking to steward and manage the resources of the church but also about how we're planning what we're going to purchase when we're going to purchase it for the you know best results most effective results like you're going to see probably in the next few months or so some some projects going around here at the church that we really need to address if we're going to protect the investment of our building like the leaking roof right like the broken down bat, like this bathroom down here that looks like a jail cell right um like some so you know some other things that that just need to be taken care of um and uh so yes <laughs> Do you want to talk about your like the desired um, the budget, I mean, the budget we're in the next, not, like sure um so um Pastor Corey had asked that I kind of give you um, an understanding of where we're going in the next probably two or three months with um, finances and budget, okay? So, uh, we're in the process now of kind of filling out and um, making a ministry budget for 2019. Um, and we, we we try and do a, a, as, as diligent of a job at that as we can, um, but but we don't always know what we usually do in church budgets is there's two ways to do it. You can take like, you can build a budget based off of what you received in the year previous with the anticipation that you might get a bump in that, in those receipts for the, for the, for the next year. And sometimes that works well and sometimes it doesn't and you kind of never know. Right. Um, But um, so so what we're what we're doing this what we plan to do in 2019 that we haven't done at Conduit before haven't done recently at Conduit is um, to to develop kind of a baseline budget and an operating budget um, and then to um, present a a picture essentially um, of of the budget and explain it in in some level of detail. Um, to the to the conduit family, right? Family meeting, everyone gather around, like time to talk about this, right? Uh, and then to ask those who consider themselves to be conduits, who are, want to invest in the, the the kingdom plan of conduit, to um, to I think what most churches call it are pledges or commitments, so that um, we have as leaders some anticipation of what those receipts are going to be so that we can more diligently carefully and what we feel like is responsibly manage and allocate that anticipated money in a way that it's going to be leveraged best for the strategic framework for every man, woman and child, right? Because let's say we can we can we can build a budgeted plan off of a anticipated income of $400,000, right? But if we receive only 300,000 then we are doing a whole lot of scrambling, um, all the time trying to like, you know, move the deck chairs, right? Rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, and then decide what are we going to fund and what are we not going to fund? And someone always gets upset and this person gets upset because we didn't fund this, but we funded this and not this. And it's just, man, it's just a really hard process. And so it, it makes it a little bit easier. And, um, it helps us to be more intentional and more planned and more strategic when we have somewhat of an idea of what to expect coming in. So we're going to talk about that at the beginning of the year, and um, we'll, we're, m- m- my hope is is to be able to um, explain from a real spiritual standpoint, what it means to give intentionally, what it means to give with joy, what it means to anticipate what God is going to, what God is going to do in your life as you, as you invest in his kingdom and, um, and what he can do in the church as you invest in it. So, so that's going to come in like the, the budget's being built right now. Um, and, and, and we'll talk about all that and, and, and talk about pledges and commitments um, in the beginning of 2019 in January basically. Yes, Chris. This have for Katie. With the ministry, uh, with the missionary director, we have a mission trip getting ready to go to Condu-
1: uh, Honduras right now. But with the plan that's been laid out, it's going to require a tremendous amount of resources. Um, what is your vision for future trips? Are we going to the partnership with Honduras, or is there other, what is your vision for more mission, trips? Are
5: there more
4: outside the mission or yes so um, part of why it took conduit so long to start um, international missions is because we desired that once we began it would never be like a one and bo- one and done kind of trip but that it would be a long-standing partnership Um and I believe that our partnership with Honduras um, will continue to evolve and grow and yield a disciple-making movement in Honduras, just like it is here in Jamestown. But I believe that uh, that the country of Honduras, the city of Tegucigalpa, the neighborhood of Barrio Sapile, is only the first of different international places that the Lord is going to send his conduits as part of being raised as leaders and engaging in local mission is this desire to also reach internationally. So both yes more mission teams will be going and yes long-term sustained partnership and yes we also hope to include other places internationally as it all evolves I
3: um, I, i would add to that that although the trip is big in scope right the impact on the at least the financial resources of conduit is really really small so, so we anticipate this, this trip is going to be a, is a, is about a $25,000 trip to take 23 people, you know, to the Southern hemisphere type of thing. Um, but for the, for the most part, the individuals themselves are paying for their own trips, you know? So, so, um, you know, in a $25,000 trip, conduit is allocating roughly five to for, um, expenses related to sending our leaders down there. Um, Corey and Javi and, um, Katie and Brianne, you know, are, are going down as the leaders. And so they're, we're paying their way in the, the program expenses for while we're down there. So the things that we will do in country, um, you know, largely are being, picked up by conduit or a lot of the supplies that you saw in church today that we're, we're asking for. Um, so even though we, we expect a big crater of impact but a small crater of financial like effect on the local budget and but, but, but Katie is, is exactly right. that doesn't you know that doesn't mean that that's always how it's going to be or like we, we anticipate a long-term partnership with them. Um, I just want to say
1: one quick thing before we, we kind of pray and close and, and really just, um, <laughs> I want you to turn the brochure over to the back, if you would. There's a reason why I put this uh, this um, conduit staff and leadership team on the back. It's because I, I really believe, we believe in the power of prayer. And we know that you need to know that we pray for you. And then we're committing to you. Uh, we're leaning into you. We're asking for major commitment from you. But I'm also I'm also asking for your prayers for us, for these guys. Um, it's hard. Ministry is hard, um, and we could be here for three more hours talking about that. Um, but you just need to know that that these guys have committed themselves to not just sitting on a stage and. And saying a few things. They've committed themselves to you and just asking that that as we um, move forward into this mission and this vision 2025, that you'd lift these leaders up, um, lift their families up, e- even the ones that aren't on stage. Specifically today, uh, there's a few people I just wanna call out um, that do so much for conduit. Brigitte, I don't even see her in here. She stayed most of the afternoon um, setting up, she's running. She's loving on all y'all's kids, just like every Sunday. Um, she does so much for Conduit and all her, her team and everything that she does. Jake felt, ladies and gentlemen. Jake, yeah, Jake and, and Ellen. Ellen is not up on stage here. Ellen was a, um, just as an integral part with this process, the strategic framework and for Vision 2025 as us. Um, Both Jake and Ellen, they've been here since uh, before 8.30 this morning. What time did you get here today? Uh, Eight? Um, I know Ellen and the kids popped home a little bit this afternoon. They were here the majority of the afternoon. But Jake, I don't think Jake left. Karen made you eat. (laughs) Um, I just need you guys to know that um, Jake has worked so hard. Um, Every Sunday he does that in the back of the church. And so many of you guys are the same boat. And so we recognize that and we... We want you to know that we really appreciate and value you. Um, one last thing, and then I'm going to. Um, Pastor Cameron's going to dismiss us in prayer. Yes. Yeah.
7: Sally's not getting it off the oh, hot yes. seat. Yes. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, I, I have no. I, I was <laughs> yeah. going to say it anyway. Uh huh. Sally Andriaccio Yes. Works so hard for this church. Yep. With the support, Nick Nick supports too. Sally is here. So many times, Vin and, and you know, Vinny and Sally talk about all the food stuff because that's their thing. But, but um, you know, I just appreciate you so much, Amen. so much. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amen. And
7: and, uh, and yep. you know, I'm going to say it for you two, too too. <laughs> Our pastors. Uh, when when we met for the strategic plan, um, it was it. You know, we walked in those doors uh, tired. You know, there was there's been a lot of emotion through through the past year, a lot of emotion, and and Pastor Cameron did say that Tim Belts not only helped us with the plan, he was like a counselor for us. You know, and and um, I, I I just watched my two pastors. For a year, um, go through some pretty heavy stuff, but they didn't stop working. They didn't stop loving. And they didn't stop moving forward. And and you know, so I just thank you, both.
1: Okay, last thing, last page. Bottom right, I want you to see this with your own eyes. Everybody see this? Bottom right, down at the bottom, what's at stake? It's simple. Every man, woman, and child. That's what we're aiming for, and that's what we're believing God for in the next seven years. That's Vision
3: 2025. We're going to pray, and you guys can go home. And you make sure you take those brochures home. Don't leave them on the seats. They're for you. Give them to someone who wants to know something about conduit. You know, that's a good, like, yeah, what conduit's about. Here it is. Read it. All right? Know it. Believe it. Let it plant here because that's what we're, we're going to be on for a long time. <laughs> um, all right, let's pray. Father, we desire only to honor you to lift up and magnify your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, sometimes we hit the nail right on the head, right? And it's just like everything works so well. And other times we glance off the nail and hit ourselves in the thumb and make a big mistake and kind of have to restart, Lord. And Lord, we just in humility... Ask that you would help us to hit the nail more often than not, and that um, this strategic framework and every man, the vision of every man, woman, and child, would not literally, not, not figuratively, Lord, but literally give us opportunity to share the life. Changing message of the gospel of Jesus Christ with every man, woman, and child that we meet, Lord, and that when we, f- when we, when we fail for, um, for uh, opportunities to meet them, Lord, that, Lord, that that in these in these um, things that you've called us to, raising and equipping of leaders, the um, reduction of food deserts, the cultural bridges, the um m- mental health and addiction and reoffense rate and all of these things lord that that hey you're what you're doing lord is you're helping us to see where um there are critical needs where where Jesus centered Jesus living Jesus loving Jesus serving people can be a divine appointment for a man woman or a child who is hurting who is without hope, who is without a future. Lord, Father, would you would you make us that? Would, would you make us the critical junction that every man, woman, and child needs to be made whole, to be redeemed, Lord? Redeem us, Lord. Make us whole. Redeem our homes. Redeem our churches. Redeem our cities, Lord. That um, as the miracle working power of the gospel of Jesus Christ invades every aspect and seeps down into every crack and crevice of our broken world and broken life, Lord, that that you resurrect it. That in the power of your Holy Spirit, everything that was broken will be made new. We We believe you for it, Lord, over these next seven years. Father, accomplish through us what we cannot
0: accomplish on our own. In Jesus' name, amen.